Hi, and welcome to SEPA Stories. So thank you so much for joining us this episode. Uh, We are looking at the fourth in a series written by this is a real special treat. Uh, Professor SS19. This particular writer had written a series that is posted on fanfiction.net, and it is part four that we'll be exploring today in the Voldemort's Advisors series. And this has been an amazing journey between uh, Severus Snape and Voldemort uh, during their conversations and interactions together. So our first three were just absolutely delicious, wonderful, um, tension-filled stories that, you know, I, I hope you guys enjoyed them as much as I did. And I literally just got messaged a few minutes ago from the writer to let me know that she had finished the fourth in the series. So without further ado, let's look at part four of the Voldemort Advisors series, One Wand, written by Professor SS19. This is a rated T. We have angst and suspense. Our characters, are, of course, if you're a fan of this particular series, are Severus Snape and Voldemort. And this was literally put out there and published less than 22 hours ago. It is a complete one-shot, and it is the final of the series. Um, and then we're going to, we'll, we'll do a commentary. I'm going to read this amazing story, and then we will commentary. So with that, let's begin this wonderful read now. One wand. Even the silence was an easy, languid, thick coiling, festering, festering between them. Do you know why I have summoned you here, Severus? No, my lord, but I feel it would be strategically beneficial to allow me to return to the battle. Sixteen years of unwavering loyalty. The battle can spare you for a few moments more, my most trusted. Sixteen years of closest attention. I have need of you, advisor. Sixteen years of special consideration. It is of paramount importance to me, Severus, the greatest importance. Sixteen years of consideration and intention and loyalty, and yet, my lord? He asked, though he loathed to ask for, asking surrendered power. He loathed to surrender power. The Elder Wand does not respond to me. Sixteen years, nothing more than a lie. The silence returned when he chose to allow it. Silence was his weapon. Silence would reveal him to the next card, and he would make his gamble on that. Not now, not with insufficient information. On cue, accidentally, deliberately, knowingly, did it matter to Severus now? When Lord Voldemort offered his shattering of the silence in a mere murmur, he found himself doubting that any of this was indeed accidental. Because of you, Severus, that was the card that was turned, that was death, stark, exposed clear as night. He was the obstacle now in the Dark Lord's path, and the Dark Lord Voldemort had never truly learned how to adapt to obstacles that would favor much more to disembowel them. 
Severus did not favor such a fate. He had been here before three times. He had been the mystery. He had been the obstacle. He had been the unknown. Death had been before him three times, and he had always chosen successfully. You have performed extraordinary magic with that wand, my lord, in the last few hours alone. A careful stress of the adjective, an even more cautious caress of the title. He would not die here. Lord Voldemort tilted his head to the side just slightly in that artificial manner, just as everything had seemed artificial since the resurrection, how everything had seemed false and fake, constructed, and no more was he that charismatic and brilliant and visionary leader that had once captured Severus in heart, mind, and in soul, once. Still the Dark Lord did not speak. Severus would have to break his most sacred rule. It will not fall to you when the time comes. His voice sounded rusty even to himself, and he wondered if perhaps he was the one who was artificial. I am sure of it. Why was he still talking? He had never needed to talk like this, speak when spoken to Severus, never offer words. Those are proclamations that can be used as weakness against you, and if anyone seeks your weakness now, it is the one who stands before you, holding the cards, your cards. Looming behind the Dark Lord, more worrisome still, cards, plural, failure, his failure. He knew why he was speaking. He was failing. The mission. He was failing in the mission, his mission, the only mission. And when he spoke now, he stank of desperation and fear, and surely the Dark Lord would detect that. My Lord, let me return to the battle. Nothing. Still, no response, no censure, no mere acknowledgment. He held his hands behind his back now to obscure his fingers, twisting weakness cracks in his shield. How had the Dark Lord reached this conclusion, and how had Severus been so short-sighted to allow it? How had he been placed in this position? How was the manipulator? He was the chess player. He was the master of his own destiny. He had chosen every moment every decision, every path, every turn, every deviation, there had been, they had been his choices, and now, how had he ended up here? Why were his thoughts flurrying? His thoughts did not flurry, they did not whirl, they did not coalesce into chaos. Everything was ordered, everything was structured, and yet, at the very threat of failure, threatened that control and structure, and failure prompted prompted chaos. He would not fail. He would not fail. He found himself speaking again when the boy comes, and he found himself waiting again. The wand will answer to you, and you will triumph. Paint with your words, Severus. Paint the picture. You know the Dark Lord craves. Paint what he craves. Paint, create, reiterate. You will have your victory that you have longed for for so long. You will have your power which you have desired for so long. He took a step forward. You will rule the wizarding world as you have planned, as you have inspired so many with your vision. 
though the dark lord had not moved, nor shifted, nor perhaps breathed. Oh, how failure and death had moved to mock him shadows beyond his reach. They were the ones who triumphed and victory and ruled over him. He sensed time, too, had joined them. And where once they had danced to his rhythm now, they danced to another's. I look forward to it, my lord. How had he ended up here? The question returned to him once more. Why was he here? How had events transpired that he was here? He had followed all of Dumbledore's orders, yes, even the order to kill him. He had followed the path for light to ensure the victory of the light. He had served Dumbledore well, almost as well as he had served the Dark Lord. Ultimately, serving the Dark Lord had always required the greater strategy, the greater foresight, the greater intelligence. To undermine the Dark required greater still, greater skill still. He would not have allowed himself to be undermined by the Dark and the Light powerless and able to undermine, not part of its nature, the nature, Dumbledore's nature, and yet black eyes glittered strangely. Truth now, first, last constant, the Elder Wand is not mine, and yet Nagini, kill. All right, my friends, we're going to take a quick break. And I'll be right back. Hi, and welcome back to Seppa Stories. All right, so this is the part of our episode where if you would like to skip this section and go on to the next recorded um, story, or if you'd like to listen to a previously recorded story, you could do that now. If you'd like to hang in for a short commentary, please, you are invited to join us and let's talk about One Wand. Oh my goodness, squee! <laughs> Professor SS19, I swear you knock it out of the ballpark every time. Okay, so we have enjoyed this writer's series, the Voldemort Advisor series. There have been four uh, stories that have been published and have been absolutely marvelous. And the first three were read in season three of Seppa Stories, and they have been really quite wonderful. And the very first one I believe that I read was, I'm looking, One Condition. And this was really when that story, that moment or slice of time, takes place right after the Triwizard Tournament when all of the advisors to Voldemort um, kind of go back and, and Severus is of course late returning to Voldemort um, during that particular meeting and it's this tension that we have between them they are always constantly sparring and you're really getting an in-depth and clear viewpoint of kind of the mental mind games going on between Severus Snape and Voldemort and you're getting really an, a really wonderful insight to Voldemort the next story was one plot where 
this is later in the story and Severus just kind of barges into Voldemort's private time and tells him um, I told Dumbledore your plot and basically tells Voldemort you know how he is going to kill Dumbledore and how he wants that privilege and you know and of course this is nothing Voldemort had planned in this series of stories you know the audacity of, of Severus Snape telling him how it's going to be is is really what moves that story and makes that particular piece of fan fiction really quite marvelous you know the unfolding of the plot then we have one murder and that was part three and the last and latest installment uh, before this one where we have the killing of Albus Dumbledore and we have again that tension that's really more the meeting between Voldemort and Severus Snape of what took place after the murder and their interactions together this whole time we're seeing a lot more conversation happening on the part of Voldemort and thought on the part of Voldemort um, with Severus being very aloof and self-contained and you know, apart from the chaos that's going on in Voldemort's mind. And you really see the how depraved uh, Voldemort really is, you know, his, his tendencies to murder and mayhem and, and to tear and to, and to kill. Um, you see how psychotic he is. And so, and he wrestles with himself on the enigma that Severus Snape is to him, you know, this riddle. And one wand, what I love about this story is we see a reversal in character and nature, where in the first three of these stories, we had everything really coming from a Voldemort perspective and point of view. And now we have it from Severus, and he's doubting himself, and he's trying to get back to the battle, and he's afraid really for the first time, and maybe he has been all along, but he's managed to contain himself, and in this instance, it's like his mind is running away from him, and he finds himself babbling, and he's just talking, and that was never, you know, how he managed to keep control and dominate or be the dominant in the relationship between himself and Voldemort as much as you could be with, with a crazy, maniacal, evil, dark wizard. But uh, Severus always managed to control their interactions, and in this instance, that does not happen. So you have now this reversal of of characteristics of, of, of or how they're handling the situation. Voldemort is the one with all the answers and he's the one who has made a decision and determination and you know Severus finds himself kind of quaking in front of it but still brave and still trying to, you know to to do what he could for the light and so now we see this duplicity happen within Snape um, I think one of the sentences I like best in one wand where he says is that, you know, the light, it's not its nature to work in the dark, you know, to, to deceive and, and to work on that level. And, you know, now here he is and he just could not control himself. You know, he, he's not able to, to flip this conversation to his advantage. So I really loved the story and I adored how, you know, of course, Voldemort with all the cards, with all the power, you know, is really causing Severus. His mind is a, is a jumbled 
squirrel and he just keeps talking let me go back out and you're surely going to be the leader and you know all these different things you know just trying to spin the situation and in the end um the trump card if you will or, or the or the the tarot card of death that i think that voldemort tosses at at Severus's feet is to say the elder one will not work for me you know and, and he's blaming Severus. it's because of you and it's because Severus was the person to to kill dumbledore voldemort wrongly believes that Severus is the true master to the one wand and it's in game. So this is the scene where, spoiler alert, <laughs> where Voldemort utilizes Nagini to kill Severus Snape. So in the books, um, Nagini was in a magical golden ball cage thing that he had made to transport Nagini around. And in the book, they're in the Shrieking Shack and he literally just drops the top of the magical cage over Severus Snape and the snake has its way, you know, um, with, with of course, Severus Snape and he dies in that way. And the film, you're in the boathouse and we had, you know, of course, in both instances, the Golden Trio, you know, they're witness to, to what's happening. You know, they're, they're there hiding. And that's not mentioned here, but we know that that's a part of the canon, which would be really quite effective. But in this instance, it almost read as if it were the film version with Nagini Kill. And it seems like Nagini has mobility, so she's not being hovered around. So I, I kind of like that. It's dark. I love the way that this author even begins, you know, to Voldemort's favor, the opening sentence. I thought this was a really beautifully written opening sentence. Even the silence was in uneasy, languid, thick, coiling, festering. That's a beautiful first sentence to describe and kick off what this piece of writing is going to be. I thought it was really, really wonderful and well done. So, I have been listening to a book, and I don't know if this writer or, you know, the author, Professor SS19, has ever read this or listened to it on audio, but hearing this story um, made me recall this book, and the book's name is called Power, and it's actually... I swear it sounds like when you listen to this book, it almost seems like the book was written by Satan, right? Because it it describes how an individual could be more powerful by being really kind of a not very nice person. And it's actually, you know, like a self-help book or a leadership book, um, very along the lines of maybe Art of War or The Five Rings, you have this book called Power. And I've been actually listening to this. You could find this free on YouTube to listen to it. Um, I've never read or listened to an audio read where a self-help book advises a person to lie, cheat, and steal their way into success. And listening to this book, you know, that that's outside of the story, um, I've I've been enjoying the listen this read this week. Um, the first thing that that 
crossed my mind the first time I heard it was, oh my God, this book does sound like Satan could have written this. My second thought was, this is a Slytherin hand guide to success. If you were in Slytherin house, this is the book you probably had on your shelf. So um, some of the things that the power book talks about and explores is Machiavellian um, ideas, um, ideas of stoicism, where stoicism is where you contain yourself, you're always in control of yourself, you're in control of your destiny. And I think that that particular type of character suits our Severus Snape character beautifully. He's a stoic, you know, he, he doesn't show a lot of emotion. Now, in the books, he really loses, you know, his mind whenever Harry has this wonderful ability to just crawl right under his skin and make him lose his composure every time. If there's going to be anyone that's really going to make Severus Snape lose his, you know, lose his cookies or lose his, lose his crap, really, it's going to be Harry Potter. And I like, um, he really just... He's the only one where it seems like Severus Snape really seems to contain himself up until the point he's in proximity to, to Harry. Harry really pushes his buttons. And so he's not able to maintain that level of control around Harry. But he does around Voldemort and he does even around Dumbledore. So, you know, it's that's kind of an interesting thing. Um you know, that, that he's really all too human around Harry Potter, but not between his two masters, if you will. Um, the other thing that I thought that this story, and actually this whole series just aligns so beautifully with that book, is the notion of using and utilizing silence. There's a whole chapter in the power book dedicated to uh, containing yourself and not saying too much. And so when I read this, I was like, oh my goodness, I wonder if this writer has ever read the book, you know, the power book. And in fact, while I have you on, and we're talking about this, um, I'm going to see who the author is. Um, and it's, it's not a book I think I would follow personally, but it is an, an interesting listen. Okay, so the official title of the book I'm telling you about is called The 48 Laws of Power, written by Robert Greene, G-R-E-E-N-E. And you can actually listen to this on YouTube for free. Right now it's out there. There's a, a couple of people, I guess, who have shared the audio version. And um, give it a listen and then compare it to Severus and Voldemort, and there you are. This book is Slytherin House. And I loved that this writer really, um, really captures the psychology of the Machiavellian mind and the other works that Professor SS19 has written that are um, Severus Snape-centric, which there are many. I love this writer's library and catalog of writing. Many of the stories really explore how complicated Severus is and, you know, the, the, the person that he is and, and that he exemplifies. So 
I love this series altogether. I, I've, you know, I kind of want to go now that I've recorded these and even hear my own recordings, <laughs> hear these all back to back, you know, in one sitting. I think that'd be amazing uh, just to listen to all these together. These work wonderf wonderfully as standalone pieces because they're slices of time. And I loved that because we know the canon, what happens to Severus. Um, I think this is a story, you couldn't just read it without kind of having an idea who Nagini is or um, the tension. And you, you, I think you have to have an idea about the story plot and who the characters are for this to make a lot of sense. Somebody reading this one shot without ever knowing um, or having had exposure to Harry Potter may not so clued in into what is going on here but for anyone that's had even a smidging of um, exposure to Harry Potter will we'll certainly understand you know the the scene that's going on so with that I want to bring this commentary um, to a close Professor SS19 thank you so much for reaching out to me to let me know your story had been completed like 22 hours ago and um, I live to serve <laughs> we have this up and posted immediately and I am so thrilled to be able to have this fourth installment so I'll be sharing this to Tumblr uh, Spotify Apple iTunes Breaker Google podcast I believe I'm on radio podcast as well so Twitter. I'll be shooting out a Twitter notification. Please, if you like this story and you want to hear more, do me a huge favor. Please follow me. Subscribe on uh, Spotify. Uh, give me a follow on Apple iTunes and let me know what you think. Write up a quick review. Let me know if you like these stories or not. All these things help me to help get better stories and more stories to you wonderful stories like one wand and yeah so if you want to hear more let me know you're there give me a like a share subscribe a follow <laughs> all the above you know pop me a review on one of these sites the more we can get SEPA stories out into distribution um, the better will be my ability to be able to bring more wonderful stories to you so with that we will see you next time and I will have more amazing fan fiction for you so have a wonderful day wherever you are may every blessing find you and we will see you next time on Sepa Stories <laughs>